This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 120, and it is the 2021 Halloween Spooktacular, sponsored by HelloFresh. And today I am joined by a first-time guest on the show here. He is one of the hosts of the TNA podcast, You've Got to Be Kidding Me, which is also on the VOW network. It's Liam Jones. Hello, Liam. Oh, hello. Um, the chills I just felt experiencing that intro live and in person, as opposed to on my <laughs> audio feeds. It is quite awe-inspiring to hear live. Yes, I agree. Uh, <laughs> um, but actually, you know, you being here is pretty historic itself, because uh, you're actually the first Australian guest I've ever had on the show. Wow. Uh, I've had plenty of people from, like, Britain and Ireland uh, Mexico, Germany, Canada, but you're the first Aussie, Liam, so uh, congrats, I guess. <laughs> it's a big deal for me. Um, I have My new goal is now to beat Garrett in appearances. <laughs> I can't let him one-up me in any aspect. And also, a fun little anecdote about Music of the Mat was that um, the first episode that you guys ever released came out in my first week of university. And I remember, I remember this really well because I was, uh, I think I was taking notes on my class schedule when it came out and I was listening to the podcast in the middle of the, the hole that we were doing it in. And I was like, it's kind of a full circle uh, moment for me. It's like now I'm still, still uh, plugging away at university, but now I'm on the show that I was listening to when I first started. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as Garrett goes, uh, you have a ways to go before beating him because he's been on like five or six times at this point. But um, well, he has the added benefit of being exclusively like the guy that people go to about TNA. Ah, uh, that is true. That That is true. I'll admit that. Yeah, that, that's a factor. Um, as is the time difference, too, because he's only like five hours ahead of me, whereas you are, I think, 15. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we, we made it's it. a wonderful Friday morning at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we made it work. We made it work. We're, we're here, so that's, that's good. Um, let me ask you this, uh, Liam, uh, your first time on the show here. How'd you get into wrestling? Ah, oh, I don't have a moment. A lot of people talk about, like, the first thing they remember, and I don't... Because I, I remember I, I've always known people... Um, my best guess is that it was around 2006 or five. So I would have been maybe uh, eight or nine, but I, I think I might, I may have played the games before, uh, before even watching wrestling. Maybe that was why I have such a, a warped perception about it. I, um, I have my, my one of my first distinct memories is that um I there was an attack backstage on a raw where Randy Orton attacked Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy was in the ring. And I remember watching it and going it how how is he in the ring and backstage right now? Because I didn't realize that the Hardy brothers were different people. 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't exactly have a moment. It's just kind of always been there. I remember there was a story of that my mum would tell me where she took me to some shows when I was really young, like uh, like stupid young. And my, I think my um, grandparents have always like kind of had it on in the background too. So it's always just kind of been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the parents or grandparents being a conduit into being a fan. That's a very common tale. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, now, this is a bit redundant, I suppose, but uh, has music played a big part in your fandom at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I think everyone from, um, like, uh, you know, my era is like, because of the freedom of dig- digital media, like, it's just been so readily available, right? It's like, I wasn't even from an era where it's like we had to wait for CDs, really. It was like, I'm a I'm a pure internet baby, basically. So if I ever wanted to listen to a theme, I would be able to find it immediately. I have some, you know, uh, strong memories of going to territory.com to, to go listen to themes over the years. And like now, if you ask anyone, especially people who know independent wrestling, if you go through my, uh, my Spotify account, it's most of it is... Uh, bands that I learned about from independent wrestling. I know it's not the the cool company anymore, but uh, Progress definitely opened the door to a lot of music for me at the time. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, you're always hopping into my Slack DMs about like this theme and that theme, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, I remember the night of All Out when Danielson debuted with that new theme. It was like, it was 2 a.m. I'm still awake. I'm all jazzed up about being at the show. And I hear, doo-doo. And it's like, I check Slack and there you are, <laughs> hit me up about the new theme song. So if anyone knows about, you know, your love for wrestling music there, Liam, it's me. I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because, you know, in the way that Garrett is the TNA guy, you're the wrestling music guy to me. So I was like, who am I going to talk to about this song? I need to talk to someone about this song. I'll go to Andrew Rich, of course. I- I'm honored being your point of contact in that regard, Liam. I'm, I'm honored, good sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, anyway, let's get to today's show here. And uh, as I said at the beginning, it is the 2021 Halloween Spooktacular, the fifth annual edition of the Spooktacular, which means that the fifth anniversary of the show itself is only a few months away, which is just, it's, it's nuts to me. But that's still a ways away. Right now it's October, it's Halloween season. And before we get into any music or whatever here, Liam, uh, I am curious about this. What is Halloween like in Australia? Is it pretty much the same as America? Do you have your own traditions? What, what goes on there? For the most part of my life, it was basically non-existent. Um, we do not do the spooky season that much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never trick-or-treated or anything. Like, that was not a thing that we did growing up. Or I mean, like, to the extent of maybe, you know, you'd be like, oh, it's October, let's watch some horror movies that you haven't seen before. Um, but definitely in like the last five years or so, as Australia embraces everything about America, we we have decided to steal Halloween as well hmm. um, and thoroughly have embraced it, I think, in the last five years. But yeah, not, not something that I ever experienced as a kid. It's definitely something you see a bit more now, not this year or last year, obviously. Um, but before that, yeah, it started to started to pick up in popularity. Like, we've always known what it is, but it's just not been something we've done personally, at least in my experience. 
Right, right. Well, I guess the benefit of Australia is that when it does come time to, you know, you know, have Halloween and be spooky and whatnot, you don't need any decorations. Just get one of the many horrifying animals and bugs that live in your country, and you're good to go, baby, because <laughs> you Google scary Australian animals, and it's like row after row of just massive spiders and lizards and marsupials and all sorts of Stephen King creatures that just should not be like how do you live among those monsters Liam like how <laughs> well I was gonna say I think like even more than most Australians I have a good experience level for this because I lived in regional Australia which is oh. a whole I I'm my I like talking about my grandparents earlier um their house was literally uh in the bushland so you know because <laughs> my um grandfather was a horse trainer uh, I've had many an experience with um, grublies all around the bushland, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't find it to be that much. Like, I'm, I don't walk, I don't leave the house every day, going, "Oh boy, I sure hope there's no spiders coming after me." <laughs> but um, definitely, you know, you just got to be, you got to be careful, uh, especially when you go out at a young age and go play in the bush. You gotta, you gotta know, you know, see a snake, you still, you stand still. I'm not saying you're being overrun or whatever. I'm just saying, you know, I've seen the photos and videos of some rather large creepy crawlies that are, they're good for the season, you know, I guess. So, um, I mean, I'd love to visit one day. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to be there. It's just that, you know, the moment I see something that has eight legs, it's bigger than my head. I'm a Sato Yoshino. I'm the speed star running my ass to the airport and going home. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Lightning in the bushland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, good place to visit. Uh, lots of big cities. If you 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 don't have to go out into the the the, the sweltering desert areas if you don't want to. Okay. Well, uh, in any event, let's get to these themes here. And uh, the format of the Halloween Spooktacular is that we'll focus on five entrance themes. And uh, in the past, we've done primarily spooky themes, scary themes, dark gimmicks. But uh, last year, I modified it a little bit to include gimmicks that would fit Halloween in terms of, you know, fun costumes, fun dress-up characters for Halloween, things of that nature. But um, we'll start spooky, because the first wrestler is Malachi Black, formerly Alistair Black and Tommy End, lover of lore, as we all know. Uh, Black currently in AEW, and uh, his theme is by a band called Amen Ra, off their album Didun. This is called... Ogentrust. Let's get this out of the way right now. Um, Ogentrust is the Dutch word for euphrasia, 
aka eyebright, which is a plant that is used to treat eye infections. <laughs> and if you know Malachi Black, one of his trademark features is that in kayfabe, he has a fucked up eye. So right away, Liam, we got lore, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe, like, that this man went to the level of having his theme song be lore. Like, there's, there's a level of commitment to the bit that you have to appreciate with Malachi Black. You gotta respect it. You, you gotta respect it. He's pot committed, that's for sure, yeah. But, um, but lore aside, as far as the song goes here, it's a pretty badass song. You know, it's not really my cup of tea genre-wise. Um, not a huge Belgian sludge metal fan, uh, I guess, but it does have a very cool atmospheric opening for 30 seconds. Uh, then it kicks in with the big guitars, and from there it's just this intense cacophony of, of doom and gloom, which is perfect not just for the character, of course, but the guy. You know, all those tattoos. He looks like a bad motherfucker. Um, and vocals, you know, again, not a big fan of those, but if you're going for, like, dark and scary and intimidating, having someone scream at you in Dutch is a good way to go there, Liam. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm kind of the opposite in that I love this song. Like love this song the minute i heard it on dynamite i went and found it on spotify um i gotta say i much prefer the dynamite uh, wrestling edit of the song where the intro is cut down because the spotify version of this song has like a minute intro which is barely audible oh yeah the full version of this song is 10 minutes long on the album yeah yeah and when you're uh, you're playing that in the in the car on the way to work you don't really have time for that one minute <laughs> interlude of nothing <laughs> before you get to the actual music but um going to the vocals i love the vocals on this because it almost feels like they're coming from a place of fear instead of anger like you get two types of well there's a, obviously a cacophony of metal vocal styles but in general i feel like there's either like aggressive talking to the audience or there's like this where it's a fearful expression coming from the atmosphere of the song and i really love it definitely and that that element of fear carries over to the lyrics as well um translated here land of night eye bright it's time my dear spring is near a darkened hand touched newborn land where silence reigned heartbeat Beating drums, called upon, it has been done. Hallowed ground, a dying sun, bodies sprawled, and all is done. I was called upon. You know, th those lyrics don't convey rage and aggression to me. They, they convey something much more ominous and creepy and esoteric. And there's a part where it goes, A father nods to ease their fright, bids them good night. A heartbeat, it's beating faster. A mother's face stares into space. Her last embrace in heaven bright. Like, the the visual imagery there is so unnerving and, and chilling. You know, it, it's it's a far cry from no man is ever truly good, no man is ever truly evil, Liam, that's for sure. <laughs> There's just the whole atmosphere to this song. Like, as soon as it hits, it really... It, and I think it helps, too, that there's not really any other theme on... Uh, AEW that's like this at all so it brings a whole wave of a new emotion whenever uh, I was going to call him uh, Alistair whenever Malachi <laughs> Black makes his entrance in AEW right right I mean I mean there's plenty of heavy songs on the roster mm. you know there, there's plenty of, of heavy metal riffs on the roster up and down the card but 
as far as songs that set a mood mm. and really set a, a chilled atmosphere, yeah, this song stands alone, absolutely. Um, and the entrance plays into that too, of course. The entrance with the lights going out and him on the ramp just sitting there, which it's funny, <laughs> you mentioned uh, Black using the edited version of this song. The full version at 10 minutes, that opening, the atmospheric opening, that goes four and a half minutes long. So <laughs> if he used that version, He'd be sitting for quite a while there, Liam. <laughs> I'm just imagining him doing his uh, WWE entrance with the, the bed that rises up, but it just goes really <laughs> slowly. <laughs> well, speaking of his WWE entrance, actually, um, I really think that this, it's interesting that this song kind of keeps a similar structure to that song, where it has like this drawn out intro before we get into the quotation marks breakdown portion of it. And I think it's interesting that he kept that kind of theme with this, his uh, NXT theme, and even his um, indie theme, Pleased to Meet You. They all have like these kind of drawn out intros before going real hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that that added bit of dread with the prolonged intro. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, you know, when he got released from WWE and he was doing the whole lore reveal on Twitch and all that, I, I made fun of him. I did, as did others, but I'll eat some crow here and say that his run so far in AEW has been awesome. Like, he comes across so well as this cool ass kicker, and he's over like hell, too. Can't deny that. And I think this entrance and the music is part of that, too. So I'm on board with the guy, Liam. I also love that every time he makes his entrance, the crowd thinks someone is debuting. <laughs> yeah. But. But, like, it doesn't disappoint them enough to go, like, oh, boo. It's like, oh, oh, it's Mel. Okay, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pavlov's blackout, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember um, when AEW first started, they were addicted to doing the blackout for stuff. And, and that was the time when you couldn't do it every time because people were expecting debuts. Yeah, yeah. So we go from current day AEW to your podcast, Neck of the Woods, Liam, and that's TNA Wrestling, and it's for the character of Suicide. Suicide was originally from the TNA video game, and then eventually they brought him over to real life, uh, portrayed by a bunch of different guys like uh, Frankie Gazarian, Christopher Daniels, Kiyoshi, uh, TJP, who would get the new name Manic, and then many others. Uh, Suicide's classic theme is by Dale Oliver, Featuring Adam Skaggs. This is off of Emergence, the music of TNA Wrestling. It's called Coming Alive. So we go from super dark, moody, cryptic doom metal for Black's theme to just pure, glorious butt rock for suicide. 
uh, has that iconic Dale Oliver crunchy guitar sound. Vocals sound kind of like a James Hetfield ripoff at times to me, in a way. Um, I was going to say, the vocals to me sounded like some puddle of mud stuff. That too, yeah, that's a good shout, yeah. Um, It's all just so wonderfully cheesy. And, I mean, it's suicide. Like, it's a (laughs) video game character in a bodysuit and skull face that they made real. The whole thing is wonderfully cheesy, Liam, so it goes hand in hand. Well, it's actually um, funny that you brought up cheesy because I was saying that... One, uh, th- this is something I'd 100% expect to hear in some early 2000s superhero movie that people hate it. Like, <laughs> couldn't you imagine hearing this in, like, Daredevil or Catwoman or something <laughs> of that era as they were flipping down a hallway, beating up bad guys, you Right, know? right, like, like Blade Trinity or Ghost Rider, one of those movies, right? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, it's so over the top, the whole thing is. Like, the lyrics, suicide, come alive takes the pain from all who just can't see the light. Dark savior, he can save you. He'll take the nail and be the one they crucify. So they're painting him as like a dark Jesus figure, I guess? Like, not the Antichrist, but like dark mode Jesus in a way. Um, And then there's a part where it goes, out in the night and in the day, his sleeping hopes to escape. His dreams of fear become tangible, physical, electrical. Wow! Like, (laughs) Oh, okay. Tangible, physical, he's coming alive. I got that part, but electrical? Like, what the hell's going on here, Liam? <laughs> is it meant to be, like, a reference to, like, an electric chair? Is that what the, the deal is here? I don't know. It's um an interesting choice, but I think that might actually go into play with... um. There's little parts in this song where it gets, like... A little techno, a little computeristic at times. It's a really and something I've never picked up while actually listening to the song uh, on a show because you know you got so much uh, background noise with the crowd and whatever. But listening to it here, I was like, it gets a little computeristic at points. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that synth element at the beginning with the and then throughout the song, it's the da 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 da. So it is in there, right? Yeah. Um, but the main part is the rock section with the guitars and all that stuff. So. Um, that's what's driving the song here. Um, that intro, actually, every time I hear it, it reminds me of um, the Spider-Man the 1994 animated. <laughs> well, yes, also the entrance. The animated series with um, it has like a very similar wailing intro to it, and I wonder if that was intentional because you know superhero mask characters kind of go in line with each other. And there are similar color schemes too. With the red and blue, so there's a little connection there. Um, but yeah, what did you I, I mean, think of the suicide uh, character? It was a little weird because in the game, suicide is the character you play as in story mode, and there's no like real backstory or a deep characterization for him. He's just suicide. He's just the guy you play as in the game. Whereas when they brought him into real life. They added in all these elements of him being a dark savior, and he talked like this. He's a tormented soul. Suicide is not the end. It's the beginning. Like, there was a disconnect there between the game and real-life characters. So it was a little strange in that sense, but but fair play to them for trying to give the character some, some depth and some additional, you know backstory i guess and not just say hey here's suicide buy the game please so i i give him credit for that i guess uh, liam yeah i i think i when i first saw suicide i probably didn't even know about the video game to be honest so to me it was just like a wrestling character 
but he always really stood out to me with those bright colors obviously like a very confronting name at the time too like like a word that has a lot of weight to it so you see it on a wrestling show you're like whoa that's crazy and doing all these crazy things the taunts like the really explosive and interesting move set for the time as well oh yeah yeah the uh, the doa which was uh, the code red and uh the suicide solution and mm. uh the entrance early on with him you know, zip lining down to the ring was cool. And um, I remember watching Lockdown 09 and he was in the escape match and he won that match by uh, jumping off the top of the cage to the outside onto a whole group of guys. Um, so yeah, he was this cool little standout uh, daredevil of a character. Um, unfortunately, as time went on, uh, he got less and less focus and eventually became just a guy in the roster. Um, and then of course there was the manic changeover and by that point it was a far cry from what the character used to be liam my favorite um note from the time of when they did the the manic rebrand and that and tjp took over was at the time i had heard that brian cage was the original choice oh wow what a what a turn that would have been to go to like this jacked up version <laughs> of suicide slash manic it'd be funny if he had to wear the original costume too just yeah. <laughs> just big brian cage just stuffed into this little <laughs> costume for frankie gazarian or whatever <laughs> yeah it'd, it'd be funny yeah it'd, it'd be funny um well speaking of coming alive i'll tell you what else comes alive liam my taste buds <laughs> whenever i eat hello fresh with hello fresh you get fresh pre-measured ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Ingredients travel from the farm to your door within a week, so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. And with options like quick and easy meals, low prep, one pan, and 10 to 15 minute meals, that's time cut down spending on cooking and cleanup that you can give back to your family or yourself. I know for myself, I get home from work, I'm tired, I don't want to spend an hour or 90 minutes making dinner. HelloFresh, I can make a nice meal, lickety split. So if you want to try out HelloFresh, just go to hellofresh.com slash VOW14 and use code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. And that's the number 1414. So again, hellofresh.com slash VOW14 and use the code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Moving on now to wrestler number three, and uh, every year, Liam, there are millions of kids who dress up as superheroes for Halloween, and we've had many wrestling superheroes over the years. Arachnaman, Super Eric, the Blue Blazer, Nikki Ash nowadays, Captain Fokin' New Japan, get the fuck out of here. But to all of those, I say, stand back, there's a hurricane coming through. Yes, the Hurricane, alter ego of Gregory Helms, ace reporter. The Hurricane's theme is by, of course, Jim Johnston off of WWE Anthology Now. This is Eye of the Hurricane. Stand back! There's a hurricane coming through!
So I said earlier that not every song here is going to be, you know, dark and dreary and aggressive. And this is a good example. Uh, this is your stereotypical superhero-ish music. Sounds very hopeful and, and heroic and stirring. And the synths do kind of lift you up, you know, and give you that feeling of soaring above the clouds in a way, like a superhero. Um, not the most exciting song in the world, I grant you that, but, you know, it fits the gimmick just perfectly there, Liam. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, obviously. I think if you think... If you could imagine what would a superhero song sound like in your head, this is exactly what would come up. Just big, booming, orchestral... Dun, 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 dun. Like, it's perfect for that kind of thing. It gets you amped up. Like, couldn't you imagine just hearing this in any Superman movie ever? I was thinking, like, a video game music. Like, uh, menu music for a Superman game or whatever. Funny you said that, because one of the notes I wrote was, reminds me of a song of I hear in a video game. But I'd th- I, in my head, I heard, um, like, a role-playing game, like, a big uh, Pokemon theme that you'd hear towards the end. I don't know how well-versed in the music of Pokemon you are, but definitely with these um, big orchestral moments, I thought, yeah, this is the exact same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is one that I can remember just so easily because it's it's so simple. I can I can recall it right away. Um, same with the video. You know, the, the video of him on the green screen flying around the world, giving the thumbs up to people, and you know it would show him uh, hitting the hurricane slam and the eye of the hurricane, and <laughs> the words would pop up on screen: bam, pow, kachow, like <laughs> the old Batman TV show. So yeah, the song again, it's not what I would call multi-layered. It's, it's pretty bland and pretty, pretty one note, but in a way that does make sense because superheroes are not always the most interesting characters of their stories. You know, oftentimes it's the villain who is more interesting to follow. Um, hence why Malachi Black's theme sounds a hundred times more notable than this one. Um, now that's a proper supervillain theme, Liam, right there. <laughs> I could imagine uh, a Malachi Black being the supervillain for a hurricane story very easily. Yeah, that'd be a fun dichotomy, I think, <laughs> at, least, at least visually. Um, I will point this out as well. Um, this is the Hurricanes theme. Everyone knows that. But he actually had another song that he used before this one for a few months in 01 called Doing the Joint. which is this like hip hop backing track. And it's a bit random to see like this goofball superhero coming out to hip hop, I guess. But you know, when you're Jim Johnston in 2001 and all of a sudden there is this big influx of talent from WCW and ECW, you don't have time to carve out a new theme for each guy right away. So uh, that's why you got the hurricane coming out to bounce which again it's a very funny visual liam it reminds me of um when dark would show the entrances for every single person oh and, like, yeah so you get like just these random characters walking out to just like you're like yep all right that's their theme yeah yeah um well i mentioned blandness uh it's funny 
Um, I remember the first Gregory Helms theme that he had post-Hurricane, uh, when he turned heel in 05 and um, became Gregory Helms again. His first theme song after that was called Firestorm A, which is also pretty generic, but in a cool heel way, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very fitting, too, that... Um... Uh, Helms ended up with two of the best like intro stingers in wrestling with um, Stand Back, There's a Hurricane Coming Through, and Gregory Helms. And the video was literally just him and his sunglasses. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's all it was. It was just him and a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, but... Um, that was um, incredibly of that era of SmackDown, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah. In every way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was a big Gregory Helms guy at the time, though. I loved him. I mean, he was Cruiserweight Champion for over a year, which, you know, doesn't mean much, I guess, but it was something at least, so, That was, you know. um, like, we probably just because of the era where I was watching and paying the most attention, that was, um, I kind of weirdly associate that character the most with Helms, even beyond the Hurricane for me, because I guess I kind of missed out on peak Hurricane time. Yeah, I'd say I'm more of a Hurricane guy, based on when I became a fan, but um, I do like the other Gregory Helms theme, It's Time. Oh, I do yeah. like that song a lot, actually. That was that song was a banger, wasn't it? The, it was, yeah. Time. I do like it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so theme number four, and this is part of the world of Dragon Gate. We'll take a look now at B.B. Hulk, who, much like Eva Marie, is all red everything. Uh, red hair, red gear, red tongue, and he's in the big heel unit, R-E-D. Now, BB has had many different variations of the same theme over the course of his career, BB Story. But because this is the Halloween Spooktacular, we're going to focus on his current theme, his heel theme. This is by Kan Boon off of Open the Music Gate 2020. It's Dark Side BB Story. I'm a big fan of the BB story and its many iterations. Uh, this one certainly lives up to the name Dark Side BB Story. The church bell at the beginning, the creaky door, the woman screaming, the maniacal laughter, the dirty electronica mixed with metal music, of course the lyrics as well. If you're still alive, feel more pain if you're still alive. If you want to live, get out of the ring if you want to live. It's all very dark side, but at the same time, it's also very catchy and danceable in a way. And that's the BB story. I mean, the first version of this song was this 
super bright poppy synth theme. And no matter how dark it gets, you just can't get rid of that dancey element, it seems, Liam. Well, yeah, um, like uh, when we were getting into this, particularly the BB Hulk uh, theme, I was like, I have to go back and listen to every BB Hulk thing. Like, when do I get the opportunity to marathon every BB Hulk thing, right? And the big, like, this continuous through line of that um, same rhythm in every single song is such, like, a cool... I mean, you know, how many people are really going to notice that? But it's such a cool touch to do. And then you get these different iterations of the theme, too, even for when he's a heel. So in the, the red version in this story, in Dark Side uh, BB Story, you get kind of... A 60-40 split, I'd say, with the the electronic stuff to the metal elements to it. But if you go back and listen to Death Dance Poison. feels more like that one has the metal side amped up with the electronica kind of turned toned down a bit so it's like even his heel dark side versions of his themes have different iterations with different uh elements put in there and i really enjoyed that for sure yeah i mean dare i say this is not just dark it's it's a little sultry as well yeah. with the swing tempo and the chorus bb story bb story bb story do you wanna dance do you wanna dance do you wanna dance tonight and even part of the lyrics where it goes deep down i know you're afraid of me really get down on your knees and turn yourself in i mean there is an element of of dark passion here liam i think and we don't get this kind of passion in Ogan Trooster coming alive, that's for sure. <laughs> well, maybe a little in Ogan Trooster, but not in coming alive, I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, this is like just such an interesting and compelling hodgepodge of genres all mixed together, screeching metal guitars with this dance beat and these, again, this orchestral like organs in there too. Plus you get the, the little bits of the sound effects with, you know, uh, similar to Jay White, like the scraping of the blade on the ground at the start. It's just a, a cool cinematic uh, experience. And I, I really enjoy this song. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that B.B. Hulk himself is sultry, uh, at least not in this day and age. <laughs> he used to be when he was younger and fit and, and quite pretty with the dancing. But yeah, if you're going to do a dark version of B.B. Story, the dance element will carry over because it always has. So you're going to get a sinister dance vibe with it. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, current day BB Hulk, not a very alluring fellow. <laughs> but uh, this song does have that vibe, Liam, I think. Do you remember when um, there was that one DG USA show where he was in the ring and he had his dances? And he did like a backflip and almost murdered one of them completely. <laughs> but they yeah. just kept going. That was the very first DGUSA show and the very first match for it because B.B. Uh, Hulk comes out with these two women, one of whom was Daisy Hayes. And for his entrance, he does a backflip off the top <laughs> rope and he comes within 
inches of hitting Daisy. Like he is so close to hitting her. And it's it's funny to watch. Um, scary as all hell, but also pretty funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because no one was actually hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just... Uh, Baby uh, Hog is a, just a tremendously... Just what a through line of stuff to have in your themes. Uh, I, re- I really like all of them, to be honest. Even the, the dancey ones. I really like Death Dance Poison. That song is really creepy like they they take the vocals but they add like this really creepy drawn out um this really creepy drawn out distortion to the vocals which is something i would have loved to have seen transfer over to this song but yeah just really good creepy uh emo music and i appreciate it because (laughs) my man he had the look down perfect at the time too when I was a young man, my father <laughs> took me to Dragon Gate to see BB Hulk. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, he's going to be the next Dreamgate challenger, by the way, for Yamato, is uh, BB Hulk, which I'm curious to see how that goes because uh, BB has a lot of city miles on him at this point, including a broken neck. And he can still move around and do cartwheels and twisting sentons and whatnot, but, you know, when the majority of your offense is axe kicks, it, it doesn't really bode well for a five-star classic there, but um, we'll see what happens, I guess, there, Liam. Well, um, I think he's definitely been put in the right position in all these tag, uh, the tag stuff over the last couple of years, so it'll be interesting to see him go into this big form singles match against Yamato, another man with a thousand variations of the same thing. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, very much uh, similar creatures in that regard. Uh, to borrow a Jeff Hardy theme title there. Uh, <laughs> uh, time now for the final theme of the episode. And when you think of dressing up and wrestling in wacky costumes and wacky characters, you won't find a greater collection of such gimmicks than the now defunct Chikara, a name that sends chills up and down people's spines for a few different reasons nowadays, but you can't deny they had a cavalcade of characters befitting Halloween, and the ones we'll focus on today are the Colony, a stable of wrestling ants, fire ant, soldier ant, worker ants 1 and 2, green ant slash silver ant, green ant 2, carpenter ant, whole lot of ants. And their famous theme is by Dave Matthews Band off the album Under the Table and Dreaming. This is, of course, Ants Marching. can't call myself a big Dave Matthews Band fan. Um, I don't hate them, I just don't listen to them. But I do know this song, and I like it. 
It's a good song, I think. Uh, it's very jaunty. Uh, in fact, Soldier Ant would actually come out and march like a soldier in time with the music, which is cool. Um, of course, when you have a group of wrestling ants, them coming out to a song called Ants Marching is pretty on the nose. Um, or on the mandible, I should say. But, uh... Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, really, there's not a lot of ant-based music out there. You know, like, there's Adam Ant, there's Empire Ants by Gorillaz, but beyond that, there's not much else, Liam. So, we got this. But they, um, they got a good one, though, didn't they? Oh, yes, they did, yeah. So, yeah, um... I'm not sure that I've entirely ever heard Dave Matthews' band. It's definitely <laughs> a name I've known forever, but I don't think I've ever delved into the catalogue. So this I th- might have been my first time even hearing it, because when I got into Chikara, it was just before the shutdown. So I knew the remake of the song before I knew this song. And I have to say... As a purveyor of weirdness in music and a lover of weirdness in music, this is a weird-ass song, and I really like it. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that, you know, as appropriate as the song title is, the actual content of the song is, yeah, it, it's a bit weirder because despite the upbeat, jaunty tone, it's actually about the monotony of adulthood and comparing the 9-to-5 life to ants just marching the same way together without any real thought, um, and how things were, you know, a lot easier and a lot more free when you were a kid. And I will say, like, as an adult who has to deal with, you know, taxes and bills and traffic and all this other bullshit, yeah, being a kid was a lot easier in a lot of ways, but as a wrestling theme, like, it's not really befitting the context here, Liam. (laughs) But to be fair, I think it makes a good wrestling theme. For a bunch of ants. <laughs> ah, yes, that's true. It works yeah. out in the long run, eh? That is the most important thing at, at play here, yeah. <laughs> um, and as well, was this like the you song meant... from the very famous... Sorry to interrupt. Was this the song from the very famous um, clip of the colony doing their, like, jaunt to the ring and then it pauses and they just pause on the play in place? That's the very same song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I-, I mentioned this story um, a few years ago when Granakuma was on the show. But, uh, yeah, there's a famous clip from a Chikara show where Fire Ant and Soldier Ant come out for their entrance and the music hits, you know, ba, ba, bow, ba, ba, ba. They come out and the music freezes right away. Like the CD just freezes up. And without missing a single beat, Fire Ant and Soldier Ant freeze in place. <laughs> they just don't move. And the next thing you hear is Larry Sweeney just howling with laughter like he is just cracking up something fierce and then the music starts again and they they start moving again and they go from there but that's a very funny clip for sure liam yeah yeah god tentacle um problems in indie wrestling could lead to some great moments (laughs) there was that um one pwg show where their entrance uh whatever they set up they had to play the music broke so you had Dino Winwood singing Chris Hero to the ring with I Need a Hero. And you had <laughs> Jimmy busting out Jimmy Loves Lacey for his PWG match. Uh, just great moments like that that you don't get in. Like, if there's a problem in a, on Raw, do you think they're going to let Leo Rush? Not Leo Rush, she doesn't even go there. God, I don't watch the show anymore. The Miz. Is The Miz going to come out singing his song? No. Or freezing? No, no. The The Miz does not have the master improv skills of the ants, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, no. Um, 
But you mentioned uh, the cover version earlier, uh, the remake song. Yeah, when Chikara started getting onto iPay-Per-View in like 2011, they changed a lot of their theme songs to custom-made ones to avoid the rights issues. So the Colony came out to a song called The Ants Are Marching. which is basically just a rip-off rock instrumental of this song, has the same you know, drum beat intro, uh, similar main riff, um, and it does get rid of the issue with the lyrics, but um, quality-wise, it's not on the same level as this song is, obviously. I also think it doesn't keep that weird off-kilter vibe at all. Well, I guess, you know, is it really fair to compare, you know, having to make a bunch of more generic versions of Chikara themes to like, you know, Dave Matthews Band's biggest hit or anthem. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, uh, to be fair, I don't think, you, we can't really put that all on the composer there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was a big Colony fan back in the day. Mm. I mean, I started really paying attention to Chikara a few years before you did uh, in like 2010, 2011-ish. And I just, Really like the colony a lot, which at that point was Fire Ant, Soldier Ant, and Green Ant. Uh, those were my guys, um, or ants, I should say. Uh, and it helped that they were also just really good wrestlers too. You know, not to ruin Christmas here, but well, here um, we go. I, uh, cover your ears, kids. But uh, yeah, Fire Ant is Orange Cassidy, Soldier Ant is Drew Gulak, and Green Ant is Tracy Williams, and. They've all gone on to be in big promotions since then. So, you know, for a bunch of guys dressed as ants, they did pretty well for themselves. Um, especially Cassidy, who, you know, is on Dynamite every single week there. So, you know, good for him. Well, even furthermore, and I made this point on Twitter the other week, like a main event guy yeah. in the second biggest company in the world. <laughs> I mean, he was in a world title match on pay-per-view a few months ago. So, you know... Good old Fire Ant. So, like, is, uh, say what you want about um, Orange Cassidy, and you know, it was a lot of talking about, um, you know, should they sign this guy, or whatever, at the start of AEW. But it's like that clearly wasn't investment that has paid off for them. Yeah, like I remember early on, there were conversations about how, you know, will he be able to adapt to TV wrestling? And uh, turns out he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to find the right, you know, combo of the gimmick. But also the great matches too. So you know he succeeded in that regard for sure. I also think it's a gimmick that is um, probably more well suited for TV in the long run too, because you can do those little nuanced uh, changes to it as it goes. And also, like it's paid off because if you go to AEW's YouTube and look at their like top ten most viewed videos, like seven of them are Orange Cassidy clips. <laughs> yeah, so him. over CM Punk. Real stars are here. Yeah, Punk, Hangman, Orange Cassidy. What a what a trio right there. Yeah, um, a king of trios, you could say. Hey, tying it all together at the end. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, Liam, thank you so much for being here. This was your first time on, and it was just a smash hit. Oh. Plenty of of thrills, chills, fun, hijinks, the whole nine yards. This was tremendous. Thanks so much. 
It's absolutely uh, adored it. Like it's big moment for me of someone who was like such a staunch listener of the podcast for so long, a uh, big fan. And I'm, yeah, a full circle moment for me and my uh, podcasting career <laughs> um, to be here in this moment too. So thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Of course. Of course. Uh, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Oh, I'd, Garrett would yell at me if I didn't give all the plugs. You can follow me at the Gleet Muda. You can follow us at TNA History Pod. Sure. You can follow at Garrett Kidney because, you know, why not? And um, go to www.tnachad.com to get our link to our Patreon. Uh, we, I was going to say, we, I'm not going to take credit for it. Garrett pays for that website. So please uh, help it pay off. <laughs> And Music of the Mat is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, just like You've Gotta Be Kidding Me. You can find other great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. If you want to discuss this episode or other topics, you can do so at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show... You can do that. Just go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. And of course, hellofresh.com slash VOW14. Use the code VOW14 and get up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Liam, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Oh, hopefully I can come back and beat Garrett for his high school. <laughs> You're on your way. You're on your way. All right, for Liam Jones, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.